man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. All right, it's time for another episode of the Rock News Weekly Podcast. This week, March 22nd, 2021, Season 3, Episode 11. Chris here in the studio, as well as Charles joining us once again. What's up, man? Chicken marrow nubbin. That's right. If you guys missed our episode last week, uh, we debuted a new sponsor, Chicken Marrow Nubbins. Apparently, Charles likes to eat the the marrow out of chicken bones. I sure do. And so Chris. we secured a new um, a new sponsor, Chicken Marrow Nubbins. I'm working on a great. commercial with Chicken Marrow Nubbins. Ooh. You guys are going to be hearing soon. Ugh. It's got some wicked blues playing on it. God, it's oh, so it, there's there's going to be so great. tasty. There's so, actually a blues artist named Chicken Marrow Nubbins that we're getting to be our spokesperson oh, for the commercial. God, yes. So we're working on that. It's coming. Super stoked. And what a tasty <laughs> treat. What it's a tasty great, treat. Great treat. Uh, all right. So this week's topics include, check it out. we got lots of things to talk about, including Outside Lands, moving forward with a new Halloween date for 2021 this year. Uh, we'll talk about who's on the lineup for that. And also some live streams happening next month. Corn and Selmo and Pussifer all performing yes. live streams next month. Uh, Evanescence is releasing also a graphic, new graphic comic book to coincide with their new album. Chevelle says they haven't made any money off of their 6 million albums sold so far. What's the deal with that? We'll talk about uh, Guns N' Roses, Gilby Clark's new solo album. Tons of special musical guests on that. This week's new releases, weekly WTF. This week's uh, music history trivia, we got some good ones. You know, um, uh, Evanescence doing that comic thing, um, the graphic novel thing, uh, Coed and Cambrio is pretty big on that. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They've got like a whole a whole graphic novel set. Who, who else did it recently? Um, that was another another band that did a. Um, well, that's oh, been a couple of them. My Chemical Romance. Yeah. I oh, know. that's right. Yep. And yep. that one spawned into the Netflix thing. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Great show. <coughs> yeah, I forget the name of it. Great show that I can't remember the I name know. of. It. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's good. And uh, yeah, anyway, so a lot of graphic novels. You're right. A yeah. lot of graphic novels happening these days. That's cool. Uh, new albums out this week that just came out on Friday from Bell Orchestra, Chad Van Galen, Ghosts of Room, Jane Inc., John Dwyer, Justin Bieber's got a new album out, the guys. Beeb. Make sure you get that one. Lena Del Rey, Low Talker, Loretta Lynn, Middle Kids, and Sting has an album called Duets. I wonder who he's duetting with. You know what? I think out of all these people that that we just that you just mentioned, I think uh, Loretta Lynn's probably the one that I'm most excited about. Yeah, Loretta Lynn or that band Middle Kids, I think they're kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I've, I, I can't remember. I think I've played them on the garage before, kind of like an indie rock band. I'm sure they're – and Loretta Lynn, that, that would be pretty awesome. Still yeah. woman enough. Yeah. She's a badass. Nice. Um, all right, so some virtual shows happening. We were talking about these um, shows happening next month. Corn, April 24th, 2021. It's uh, called Corn Monumental Global Streaming Event. They're going to be live at the Stranger Things, the Drive Into Experience, which is located at Skylight Road, downtown L.A., and has been serving as a recreation of scenes and places from the Netflix hit series Stranger Things. Is that is that like part of Universal Studios? Is that like a something? But I think it's like sponsored by them, but it's in more in downtown L.A. area, and nice. it's kind of like a pop-up thing, right? And it looks like corn from this photo that they may be performing on the rooftop of this place. Uh, looks kind of cool. Like uh, they're gonna have a big screen behind them, and it looks like downtown LA. So dope. Check that out. Cornlive.com. 
Phil Anselmo and the Illegals going to be doing some Pantera with a vulgar display of Pantera. They're going to be doing all five of Pantera's biggest albums, a bunch of hits off of them, with King Parrot opening up for them. You know what? This one would be pretty dope to have the surround sound system. Oh, yeah. And uh, really kind of get, like, just be, get loud, right? Oh, yeah. Like, if Phil Anselmo can still hit those notes. Didn't Paul McCartney just cover Cemetery Gates? <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Yeah. That was a great rousing rendition. That yeah, he did. that's yeah. right. Yeah, he really, that. really hit it home with that one. Uh, no, actually, he didn't. But uh, <laughs> check it out. Friday, April 9th, uh, illegalslive.com for the Pantera one. And then Pussifer yes. uh, with Billy D and the Hall of Feathered Serpents. Featuring Money Shot live in its entirety. They're doing the whole luchador thing. We saw this tour, remember, Charles, in oh, 2016. Yeah. Oh, at, it was where was it? So great. Fresno. In Fresno at the Crest Theater or what, what the hell? What, some kind of small theater, oh, right? It was so, it was so like mesmerized. By the way, by the way, audience, I'm, I'm actually wearing a Pucifer shirt right now. Oh, there it is. I'm looking at the um, poster. I got oh, the poster here so in the garage. Great. It was at the Warner's Theater. Yeah. In December of 2015. Oh, it's been that long. Yeah. So oh, that wow. was a tremendous. That was a tremendous show. I mean, almost like the vibe was so deep that you just couldn't. Like everyone in the audience was kind of swaying and moving with them. Um, if you ever listen to the album Money Shot, it's a very deep album. You can it, you could do it like while you're falling asleep. Put your headphones on. Listen to all the cool kind of vibes and stuff right. coming out. It's just it's so cool. And that whole luchador thing was totally unexpected. Yeah, and it was <laughs> yeah. really cool. Like yeah. it was like watching a um, I don't know a performance like a play or something. Really, oh, big time, big really time. Really cool stuff. So check that out. Pussiferlive.com. Uh, some tour news. Big festival announced their date change this year. Normally, Outside Lands is in August. They've announced basically Halloween lands. It's Halloween weekend, Golden Gate Park, Outside Lands, four days, October 29th through the 30th. Or, excuse me, not three days, I'm sorry. October 29th through the 31st. 29th, 30th, 31st. Yes, that's three mm. days. Um, so there you go. And it's happening with Tame Impala, Lizzo, The Strokes, Tyler the Creator, Vampire Weekend, Glass Animals, bunch of bands on here. Uh, something for everybody. Make you know- sure. Go ahead. I, I'm seeing something. I'm seeing something here. So if you look at all the other bands to the right, there's a, it's actually interesting. There's a couple of siblings on this. So you've got Rico Nasty, who <laughs> yes. happens to be Rico Suave's kid brother. Oh, wow. Rico Nasty. Uh-huh. And then Dr. Dog, who happens to be Dr. Dre's little brother and Snoop Dogg's <laughs> cousin. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Rico Nasty. <laughs> I know. These names are pretty funny. Dr. I, Dog is actually some kind of weird like folk folk group oh really like a psychedelic yeah almost like a man man oh that's cool yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of good bands on here i mean i like some of them not really too interested in or or even know of but no me either i can't really say that i know half this lineup on here there is Um, a band called scary pool party which that is just (laughs) a dope band name (laughs) just a scary pool party and it's all one word yeah no spaces there i love it so there you go. Outside Lands Festival uh, happening Halloween weekend. Also, if uh, you guys are into the jam band stuff in Illinois, Three Sisters Park, August 20th through the 22nd. It's summer camp going on this year with Three Days of Mo, Three Days of Umphreys McGee. Umphreys McGee, one of my favorite bands to see live. They're amazing, talented uh, guitar players, really good stuff. Ween, we were saying, Ween. the original uh, lineup there of Ween with Billy Strings. Three Six Mafia, the original rap hip-hop group 3-6 Mafia along with STS-9, Tipper, and more. Dope. Um, I, I love the jam band festivals. Uh, they, it's always a good, fun time. Uh, it just seems like there's always like a really cool vibe at those places. Uh, I, I don't know. The 
the heavy metal uh, festivals and some of the other ones like the Coachella types attract a lot of the more casual music fans, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like the bros and the dudes, they're just kind of there to party and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. They're not really there for the music. Uh, but a lot of these ones that are the more jam band centered ones are really there for the music. Uh, a lot of the people there are really just there to see some really awesome sets being played. Oh, yeah, know? for sure. Instead of just focusing. I mean, there is a, definitely a lot of drugs and drinking that goes on, goes along with these things. But I wouldn't say as much as like something like a Coachella where people almost go there just to get kind of screwed up. And right. the music is almost an afterthought, it seems yeah. like, a lot of the times. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, half the crowd seems like really isn't there for the in what I perceive is kind of like as a music fan the right reasons you know yeah 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 but i don't know that's a the fashion be- show but that yeah that's the beauty yeah. of music festivals is, is that it's for all types of people right it's not just the hardcore music fans like me that like man i could see all these bands for one price what a great deal i'm gonna try and see as many bands as i can yeah compared to like casual music fan that sleeps all day doesn't even go in until six o'clock at night to see the headliners oh yeah and that's yeah. it they don't care about anybody else on the lineup you know yeah sometimes you miss like the cool like i, I would say thing, yeah right? the coolest coolest bands like i can say some of my favorite bands now were just like that they were like little right? side like bands when we go that... to aftershock early on a day yeah and we go there at like 12 or 1 and we see some of those side stage or young up-and-coming bands that's the. I think that's the best part of the festival. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, seeing System of a Down on the main stage is fucking cool too. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, uh, it, making a connection and being right up in the front with some of those smaller stage bands and like having a good, uh, unexpected set that really blows your mind. You're like, wow, yeah. I didn't even know that band was gonna be that good. Big time, big that's time. That's the fun stuff. That's why I like going. Well, if anybody is listening and you are an inspiring musician and you're gonna you're you're thinking about opening for one of these festivals, specifically pick to open on a night when Marilyn Manson is headlining, and you will look awesome. Yeah, because he blew fucking <laughs> I don't know he blew chunks. He was horrible. He was yeah. absolutely garbage when we saw him at um, Oh Brian. What was it? Aftershock. Aftershock. Yeah, last year, or the year before. Um, I think it, it was, was the year before. It was the year before, and it was like all of the bands leading up oh, yeah, to that last year would would just i mean compared to that was just awesome just yeah but and so but he sucked so <laughs> we like walked away <laughs> so that's good advice if you want to get a notoriety as a good band open up for Marilyn manson you'll blow him away we'll be like damn that opening band was better than his whole show yeah he'll like, oh my god they were great <laughs> speaking of that uh probably for the best here disturb canceling the sickness 20th anniversary tour uh, it was originally scheduled for 2020, pushed back to 2021. Now just cancel all together. Yeah. And I don't think it's a very good name for a tour right now. The no, si- it, the sickness <laughs> 20th not, anniversary tour. They're not. It's not even a good name for a band right now because no. plenty of people are plenty disturbed right now. I know. It's like disturbed. The sickness announces <laughs> their pandemic tour 2021. It just sounds so bad. Sponsored by cough yeah. upper respiratory they just can't pull it off and i don't blame them get out of here disturbed yeah don't even worry and, about it guys. And anyway let I it mean, pass yeah ultimately you missed oh, it I'm, I'm when every time i listen to old disturbed now i'm like you know there was a lot of this ah ah i'm like how gimmicky was that come on disturbed pretty but still bad. you know I, I get it they got some they got some really good music out there but pretty bad little gimmicky yeah little pretty gimmicky. pretty gimmicky i'd say uh, some rock news this week. Some interesting stuff here happening from Rise Against announcing a new album, Nowhere Generation, came out of nowhere. Uh, basically, uh, just on Thursday, he posted a video, the brand new video. Didn't even give a teaser leading up to the album or anything. 
just posted the new video that was already done for the track called Nowhere Generation, title track from the album. I like that. And Tom Micklerath, frontman from Rise Against, had this statement about the album. He said, uh, quote, Today there is the promise of the American dream, and then there is the reality of the American dream. America's historical norm and that the next generation will be better off than the one that came before it has been diminished by an era of mass social, economic, and political instability and a sellout of the middle class. The brass ring that was promised by hard work and dedication no longer exists for everyone. When the privileged climb the ladder of success and then burn it from the top, disruption becomes the only answer. And I like quote. it. The album, which is their first effort in four years, due out June 4th. New album from Rise Against. I like it. It's it's always interesting to me when when you've got um, when you've got people who are most likely millionaires talking about the privileged, but still like uh, you know, not everybody can Very be. True. Yeah, not everyone is a Sean Penn living in a tent in Haiti, right? Like, <laughs> not, <laughs> right? We all can't be on that level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least you know awareness. we get the guys like Tom Micklerath that you know at least it sounds like he's still kind of in touch with reality. Yeah, even though he is a successful musician and. Hopefully guys like him and like Maynard, I think, through their lyrics and the way that they approach music, even though, yes, they are definitely the upper echelon of the tax uh, bracket, but I think they still have a grounded sense of reality and and creativity that at least we got still some of these guys out there on our team. Oh, yeah. I think in the end, you know. Lalo and I saw Rise Against open for Incubus a few years ago, and it was actually was Lalo's first, like, big concert. Oh, yeah. And um, and they're very highly energized. Oh, yeah. You can tell, like, when success goes to an artist's head, you can tell when you go see their live shows that you're like, eh, uh, you know, yeah, but, they're uh, half-assing it. They're oh, yeah. phoning it in. Yeah, these guys, these guys are a, a big energy, big energy. Very true. Uh, this was a cool story this week. Drum, uh, Dream Theater drummer Mike Portnoy buys a young fan uh, an entire drum kit, uh, courtesy of Tama and Sabian. So here's the deal. He says, quote, over the past, uh, past few weeks, I've gotten hundreds, maybe even thousands of DMs, messages, texts from people all around the world sending me links to this young man named Deedon Noy playing a lot of my songs on his homemade drum kit. His talents are indeed incredible, and I'm in the process of arranging him to get a new kit and symbols with the incredible support from Tama and Sabian will keep you posted. Dope. Dope. And we're looking at a picture here of his kit. Looks like it's made out of like coffee cans and um, pieces of metal uh, tape. He's got like packaging tape and uh, for the drum heads and stuff. And apparently he's really good. Uh, he's a really good drum player. He's doing a bunch of Dream Theater songs. Yeah. And uh, it caught the attention of Mike Portnoy, the drummer from Dream Theater, and he's buying him a whole new drum set. So I thought that was really cool. You know, I remember reading something about um, during the production of The Downward Spiral when uh-huh. Trent Reznor was, said, hey, like a lot of the cool shit that you heard on that album was me just messing around right. with like things like around the house that I could find, coffee cans and random synthesizers, like applying synthesizer. Right tones to things reverbing just, it out yeah exactly crushing a, an aluminum can and reverbing yeah. it yep 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 stuff like stuff like that stuff like what what this kid this deed noy is doing it's it's actually i mean it could pick up i mean it, yeah and you i never think, know i think that's the sign of true creativity true talent true dedication when you make a drum set out of whatever you got to just play and yeah. ju- it, it's like he didn't even really plan on getting noticed like this it just happened because people were like blown away by his dedication and his creativity, right, right, to right, be able to make something out of nothing, basically, yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. people would probably throw away or was in the local trash area. 
he made a drum set out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then got the attention of Mike Portnoy. Now he's getting a brand new drum set. Yeah, absolutely. And, he's, and I bet you anything he's going to start a musical career out of this. Yeah. You know, he's going to have a brand new drum set, some kind of connection to Mike Portnoy. He'll reach out to him in some way, maybe be on the album. Yeah. And all from just, like, creating something out of nothing from some trash cans and stuff. I think it's... Oh, yeah. That's the, the beauty of that, that kind of stuff. And now where we're at as a society with the internet... You know, this probably couldn't have happened maybe 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. But. I mean, it did happen on. It was already happening 30 years ago. It just wasn't being noticed. And now it's being noticed. And these guys, uh, celebrities and musicians are like, wow, this is amazing. These guys need to be recognized or whatever. Well, I was going to say it was happening uh, 30 years ago, but it was happening with um, with a lot of people addicted to methamphetamines. Yeah, the street performers who just make fucking (laughs) drum sets out of fucking (laughs) old milk crates. Yeah, just some tweaker in his garage just, like, banging away on coffee cans. Very true. (laughs) So, okay, so, 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 and then the Stomp came out, and then it changed everything. (laughs) Anybody in our audience who is currently addicted to methamphetamines, A, get help. He just stopped. (laughs) The the meth dude looked up just now from the drum set he's playing, all tweaked out, listening to our podcast. What are you talking about, Charles? (laughs) Oh, man, I do that every day. I make music out of fucking cans, man. It does remind me of those street performer guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Poor kid. Probably does that like to pay the bills wherever he's at or something oh, right. yeah very horrible yeah anyway all right let's just move on. sell that drum kit <laughs> <laughs> don't sell it yeah i know he's don't sell, sell it dude he's gonna sell just one drum at a time yeah for like each year and it'll get him through the year like well, here's just the tom yeah and this mike portnoy drum set for like 500 dollars, <laughs> which is probably like twenty thousand dollars in whatever currency oh, he has man poor kid he's like he's like hey thanks a lot portnoy like thanks for the drums we need food my my, yeah, my we family's starving. <laughs> but thanks for the drums. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, uh, shit. All right. Tom Delange uh, from Blink-182, Angels and Airwaves, uh, gearing up, well, selling his gear and partnering up, rather, with Reverb to sell uh, over 100 items, including his own personal synthesizers, keyboards, pedals, road cases, all the stuff from, like, the Blink-182 era from the early 2000s. Uh, the official Tom DeLonge Reverb Shop goes live, th- live this Wednesday, March 24th. Yeah, that's cool. Nicely done. So, Aliens. <laughs> I know. He's such a he's such a freak now. He's <laughs> like, I'm just selling off all my guitar shit. Who cares? To he fund care. the aliens. Yeah, it's to fund the aliens. Well, the aliens are telling him to do this. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like, these uh, reverb pedals have tracking devices in them, Tom. You that's, need to get them out of here. That's it, right? You know, the synthesizer was made by yeah. Cthulhu. Yeah, and Cthulhu. E- and every yeah. time you Wagonathon? Press, press the B7 chord, Wagonathon comes out of the, the darkness. Yeah. You know? You know, just just speaking of that, last week, for whatever reason, out of nowhere, we just made up this whole story about, like, worshipping this deity called Waganathon. It's, like, a lot like Cthulhu. It just, like, came out of nowhere. Waganathon's kind of Cthulhu's distant cousin. You know, he's like, like the, the one he Rico Nasty. Yeah, he's the Rico Cthulhu. Nasty of the family. He lives at Black Sheep, lives out in the, in the sticks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Wagonathon. Yeah, you have to visit him once a year to be nice, you know, because the the parents are friends. Yeah, yeah. You go out there, and then you go out there, and it, and he wants to show you all his cool stuff in his room. And Wagonathon brings Cthulhu in there, and he's got this like box of old like 
Bazooka Joe comics oh, or yeah, something. Yeah. It, not interesting at all. But yeah. He just and thinks they're the greatest thing. Yeah. And you're like, wow. <laughs> so this is what you do up here, huh? Yeah. And yeah. He's really into it, you know? Yeah. He's, he's really into it. C- Cthulhu's like, hey, wait, way to go. He's got, got a ball and string, a cup and string. Yeah. You want to try cup and string? Yeah. You know, it's funny because when I say when I say all hail Waganathon, it really in the long run, like Waganathon, the Church of Waganathon is all about mediocrity, and it's all about being the second or of even course, the third sure, best. Sure. Yeah, compared right. like in a sibling first rivalry. First runner up, I think yeah. is what they actually use the, the phrase. First runner up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. First loser. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's move on because we went down dark path there. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Gilby Clark uh, from Guns N' Roses. He's got a new solo album out. It's called cool. The Gospel Truth. It's coming out on Record Store Day, which is April 16th this year. Lots of new albums coming out then. And a bunch of special guests on here, including Motley Crue bassist Nikki Six, drumming legend uh, Kenny Aronoff from John Mellencamp and Chickenfoot, Dope. as well as a great bass player, Stephen Perkins, original bass player from Jane's Addiction. <clears throat> Porno for Pyros and Infectious Groups. Nice. It's a pretty cool uh, little lineup there on this solo album from Gilby Clark, so check that out. Coming yeah, that's in. a lot of talent. Yeah, April 16th. Seems like a lot of really good L.A. session dudes. They all know each other down there, you know? It's one of those places where all the musicians kind of just like, yeah, oh, you're doing an album? Yeah, sure, I'll drop by for a track. Like, how, you know? Yeah. Where, where else can that happen where it's like, you know, oh, yeah, dude, I'll stop by for Gilby Clark's solo album. Yeah, I'll lay some drums down on that. Why not, you know? Yeah, yeah, where, for sure. If you're sure. from, like, Manitoba or fucking wherever else in the country, other than Nashville, maybe. Yeah. Like, one of those hot spots where it's all these musicians in one area. It's super hard to pull that kind of stuff off. Yeah, yeah. Just having one of those special guests on any other album from anybody else would be impressive like oh wow Stephen Perkins is, does one track on the solo album big time this, this has got like fucking five or six different yeah. people already on the album it's like you said they just walked in they had nothing yeah, better oh, to yeah, do on a yeah. Sunday I'll just play some drums for you <laughs> no problem dope uh, alright so we were saying this seems to be a trend lately with a lot of bands uh, oh, yeah. a new graphic comic series is coming out from Evanescence it's called Echoes from the Void and it's in conjunction with the new album called The Bitter Truth the graphic series will ship as soon as June. The Bitter Truth will be released later this month. Dope. So the album's coming out soon, uh, sooner than the graphic novel, but the graphic novel's coming out. It will expand on themes from the album, as well as other songs from Evanescence's catalog. The band's lead singer, Amy Lee, and her sister, Carrie Lee, will both be featured in the series. Expect it to be very emo. <laughs> Probably. You know, um, Amy Lee, yes. uh, I just saw this uh, on the Tenacious D kind of fan page. Um, she sings, uh, you know, that song, uh, Last Week, Kyle Quit the Band. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She actually sings that, like a little oh, solo okay. guitar. It was it was actually pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. It was awesome. pretty good. She's yeah. a pretty talented, I mean, you know, Evanescence is kind of one of those kind of, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, a little gimmicky. Wish, yeah, a little gimmicky, wish-washy, mainstream kind of bands but when they do the the things like this with the graphic comic it shows me that they genuinely do have like a good amount of creativity and personal you know personal creativity to do stuff like that it's not just a record machine like telling them you know hey you're a pretty girl sing some heavy lyrics you know like a pretty reckless or oh yeah yeah yeah. or what's that other one in this moment oh yeah i don't like that kind of shit like to me that stuff's like super gimmicky yeah you know like total record record label dude being a pervert kind of thing. You know? Oh, absolutely. But you could tell with Evanescence and some of these other ones like Haley Williams from Paramore, they're really strong women that have like genuine ideas of what they want to do. Yeah. And it comes across well. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Like for the Pretty Reckless is a good example because like in her videos at some point or another, she's going to get naked. 
Like, yeah, because that's like, her shtick. That's her shtick. Ta- yeah. Taylor Momsen, you know, the teen yeah. mom or whatever it was that she her claim to fame in the beginning, uh, and then yeah, now she's you know doing this whole rock thing where she's just all miss suggestive and sexy yeah, yeah. you know this kind of and the whole thing with uh, in this moment's the same way and I just, oh yeah big time you know like she's like some like sadistic sexual nurse or something like oh she yeah looks, you know like some demonic lady with like you know suggestive clothing it's it's so cheesy. It's there's like this, there's such this a one, biker yeah. bar kind of shit, you oh, know, like totally a biker is. bar band, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, she looks cool. She looks like the devil. Oh, look you know, yeah, that's great. She's wearing a bra that you can see her, her boobs popping out. It looks like the devil. Yeah, it's well, an upside it. down crossover it's nipples. Like, that's amazing. It's so, so generic, you yeah, know what I mean? Serious. Very gimmick. Again, uh, very gimmicky. We actually, we saw them pretty reckless. We saw them live in Aftershock 2, and their performance was, like, subpar. Yeah, and it wasn't that great, and it was just kind of one of those things where she's just got a band that's, like, a bunch of nobodies yeah. in her band, you know? And yeah. You can tell that she's the only one that anyone's there to see. Yeah. And it's just, like, kind of they, You know what? Yeah, I, I know that um, at one point um, they, there was a video... Um, it like popped up on my YouTube feed. I was just kind of looking for new bands and stuff to kind of give me a little bit of fuel for the fire here on this podcast. And and uh, I watched a video, and at one point she's like she's like singing in front of like a b- bunch of kids, and then she just oh, like yeah. rips open her shirt, and she's just like <laughs> <laughs> she just rips open her shirt. Watch out, kitties! Kids, yeah. Mama's got to make that money. Yeah, and it's like boobs. <laughs> like why? What's the point of that? Come on, meow. I know. Come on, meow. I know. All right. This was interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Grammys. Did you see the Grammys at all this past week? No, I didn't. We didn't really see them either. We kind of just tuned in for a little bit, and we were like, this is weird. Uh, It was all remotely, basically. Yeah. All the guys, like, from their home cameras, like, kind of calling in, hey, thanks for the, you know, whatever. Yeah. One of the big things, though, that got got a lot of press in the rock world this week, obviously the the Grammys are very tone deaf with rock in general. Yes. It's, It's always, every year, it's always been that. Um, kind of, you know, 100%. Right? Yeah. So we all tuned in, us rock fans again, uh, watched Grammys, and we're pretty surprised at the brevity in which the iconic guitarist Eddie Van Halen was honored during the In Memoriam section. A 15-second clip of Van Halen performing his signature instrumental eruption played while a spotlight shone on his legendary Frankenstrat guitar, and that was it. They didn't, oh my god! That was it. They just showed a like picture of his guitar, a little bit of an eruption from a live video. One time, Van Halen frontman Gary Sharon tweeted during the Grammys. He said, "Quote: Maybe an artist that reimagined how one plays an instrument, who continues to influence generations of musicians, and literally changed the course of rock and roll, deserves more than 15 seconds at the Grammys." No, he said that at the Grammys. He said during the Grammys. During the Grammys. He tweeted, he tweeted during the Grammys. Oh yeah, wow! On his own personal page. Oh yeah, that's true. That's 100 percent true. Absolutely true, right? Yeah, because if um if another artist, another pop artist, were to pass away. Oh yeah. They would have like a 45 minute long right. dedication. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, in memoriam and look at all the yeah. things she did and all the right. Everything. Very true. And Wolfgang Van Halen, his son, after the Grammys, went to online uh, with social media and kind of told them his side of the story. He said, <clears throat> quote, the Grammys asked me to play eruption for the in memoriam section and I declined. I don't think anyone could have lived up to my, what my father did for music but himself. It was my understanding that there would be an in-memoriam section where bits of songs were performed for the legendary artists that had passed. 
I didn't realize that they would only show pop for 15 seconds in the middle of full four full four performances for others that we had lost. Yeah. So they actually did full four performances on the stage live for other artists, but they skipped over Eddie Van Halen basically and just showed that 15 second clip. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He said what hurt the most was that he wasn't even mentioned when they talked about the artists we lost in the beginning of the show. Yeah. I know rock isn't the most popular genre right now, and the Academy doesn't seem does seem a bit out of touch, but I think it's impossible to ignore the legacy my father left on the instrument, the world of rock, music in general. There will never be another innovator like him. I'm not looking to start some kind of hate parade here. I just want to explain my side. I know Pop will probably just laugh it off and say, hey, who gives a shit? He was probably... it was He was only about the music anyway. The rest didn't matter. I'd love to get the opportunity to speak with the Recording Academy, not only about the legacy of my father, but the legacy of the rock genre moving forward. Thank you. So that's great at the end there. I'd love to get the opportunity to speak with the Recording Academy about this. Yeah. So like, you know, hey, I'm I'm extending an olive branch. I'm a representative from the rock world. Let's do a better job here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, that is so bootsy. It's that's it's horrible. That's one of the reasons why I I've, I've never really been interested in the Grammys cuz I to me I'm like even this year I actually looked at the lineup of all the people who are nominated for Grammys. So it's like the same people over and over yeah. again. There's like four different categories where Harry fucking styles yeah, is right like that that sort of and i can think I of so many musical artists right now that deserve recognition that just i don't know it, it kills me the rock the rock album one this year was okay i thought it was semi-deserved um the strokes one for the rock album oh, of yeah. the year okay yeah. the new abnormal it was a good album right. from them but it wasn't you know i don't but know like haim was in the rock category yeah that kind of stuff for, yeah you know so yeah it's it's i don't know it's, it's a mess it's like what the rock and roll hall of fame is turning into as well yeah to be honest big time um all right so more rock news though let's move on green day releasing 25th anniversary of insomniac if you want to feel old uh, 1996 was 25 years ago, and that's when Insomniac came out, the follow-up to Dookie. All right. And now, this year, it's coming out. Well, it actually just came out on Friday. Double edition LP translucent orange vinyl with a bunch of eight rare or never-released okay. live tracks All right. uh, that were from a show I think they did in Japan or something like that. In cool. addition, the set includes the cover art by artist Winston Smith, who did all of the artwork for the Dead Kennedys albums. Oh, um, no way. Winston Smith was really a political artist uh, in the Bay Area that did all the Dead Kennedys album artwork, and the Green Day got them to do that album, and it was very cool. Uh, very Yo. cool album artwork uh, on that one. Check that's, it out. That's actually kind of cool considering the fact that during the 90s, the Jello Biafra specifically from the Dead Kennedys fucking hated I Green know, Day. I know, right? <laughs> and I think that was maybe... Uh, kind of their little jab right back at him you know yeah yeah i could see that uh kind of you know say hey you know we still we're we still know what's up we still have appreciation for punk rock we have connections we know people and to get the the person that does the dead kennedy albums to do their album artwork i'm sure rubbed them the wrong way oh yeah yeah i'm sure jello was like ah these fucking guys yeah right well a little trivia here for the audience uh i wonder if anybody out there can can tell me um, if they remember a little group that's Jello Biafra and Al Jorgensen, Al Jorgensen from Ministry. Oh, Lard, Lard, Lard. If you yeah. guys remember that, that was super. That was super awesome. Yeah, Lard yeah. was really cool. They yeah. had some cool um, album artwork. They had some cool like albums in general, just cool music. Very dark, very you know industrial and punk yeah. rock. Very cool. 
cool stuff, man. That was a very cool group. Yeah, look look up Lard, audience. Look up Lard. They're yeah. they're pretty awesome. Um, all right, let's move on to some more rock news. Chevelle haven't apparently haven't made any money from the six million albums they've sold. Oh, so, I bet they're uh, seeing red. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so they revealed, although they've sold over 6 million albums, they haven't received any money from it. According to a new ra- radio interview, frontman Pete Loeffler, Lo- Loeffler, I don't know how to say that name. Uh, oh, he said, I think it's Loeffler, yeah. Loeffler, <coughs> he said, quote, contracts are a bitch, and we've signed some raw ones, and we need to start trying to make some money off of our catalog, mm. which is 10 albums deep, plus all the side stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to end this quote, and just side note. I'm sure this is why a lot of these artists are selling their catalogs. Remember yeah, how yeah. every week we talk about somebody selling the catalog rights yep. and all this stuff? This is how Soundgarden? Yep. Yeah, yeah. This is how they're able to get around and making money, it seems like. He says, quote, We haven't made any money off of our record sales, album sales. It's all gone to the major labels. Oh, yeah. A lot of people make money off of us. We just don't make the money the way the deals are structured. We aren't. We just aren't excited to get back in any kind of contract. So if we find a new home and a new label, whatever it is, it's got to be a special deal where you get something for your hard work. Yeah. Um, it says we've sold six million for six million albums for Epic Records, and they've made fifty million dollars. It's oh, yeah. lopsided. You know, the biggest middle finger to the establishment that has been given recently was a few years back when Radiohead um, debuted their album, and, and basically they just they self-funded and. Place, right, put in on the rainbows, website. in yeah. rainbows, yeah. and it was and pay what you want. You pay what you want. It was a minimum yeah. of ninety nine cents. Yeah, I remember that was the bare minimum you could pay, and I think I paid that. Yeah, but yeah. it was like you could get the album for that price, and the money went directly to the band. Yeah, super, super big middle finger to the music industry <laughs> right there. This was an interesting point he made about Dave Chappelle here. Check this out. Uh, this is Pete Leffler from um, Chevelle talking. Leffler, yep, Leffler. I think that's yeah. what it is, right? He says he went on to compare the situation to Dave Chappelle, and he said, quote, And the artist, just like Dave Chappelle said, he knows he signed a deal for Chappelle's show long ago, and it was a raw deal. It went to someone else, and they could put it on any platform they want, whether it's Netflix, HBO, or whatever. And he went to them and said, look, I know I did that, but it's wrong. It's still wrong. You need to compensate the artist. And that's kind of where we're ending up, too. It's a bad business model for the artist. Sure. End quote. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. So good for him for, you know, they see it. I think a lot of the bands are figuring it out. Yeah. They got screwed with those record deals in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yeah. The record uh, companies were sinking their claws in those guys. Yeah. And now, 20 years later, it's like they haven't really made anything. And that's wild, you know. Yeah, that's that's crazy considering how how big they were Mm -hmm. and still are. Yeah, that's nuts. Well, and how people think that they're just like this mega super successful band. Yeah. But in reality, they don't really have a whole lot to show for it. Right, right. Which is pretty crazy. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on. Got some rock birthdays this week. Wolfie, Wolfgang Van Halen, uh, son of Eddie Van Halen, turned yeah. 30 this week. Billy Corgan, William Corgan. Oh, you know what? That His the, his age is wrong on here. Actually, that's a, that's a typo. So Billy Corgan is actually 354. Right. Ori- originally born... Vlad Tepish right. of Wahala. Nosiferatu's uh, yeah. distant cousin. Yep, absolutely. Right. Yes. Yep. He's been living for the past 354 years undetected. Yeah. Uh, you know, That's... he keeps that youthful appearance with all the bloody drinks. Absolutely. And then about maybe 29 <laughs> years ago, gave birth to Taylor Swift. <laughs> right? <laughs> they look exactly the same. All right. Melissa Oftemar, uh, the musician or bassist, rather, from Hole, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, turning 49. Nancy Wilson, guitarist from Heart, turning 67 this week. Cool. Let's uh, move on to some trivia here. On this week in music history trivia, 
1963. This group released the single Puff the Magic Dragon. Remember that one? Yeah, Puff the Magic Dragon. So through the years, controversy continually surrounds the song, and it's been banned by some radio stations whose management think the song is about marijuana. About marijuana. We can't play that. (laughs) So was it Simon and Garfunkel, Peter, Paul, and Mary, or the Kingston Trio that originally put out this song, Puff the Magic Dragon, in 1963. Oh, man. Who was it? Who do you think? So, okay, so Simon and Garfunkel. It's a very low-key, folky song, right? Right. It's Peter, just got a kind of an acoustic Mary. guitar and singing. I, I actually, so I'm going to go with D, and I'm, I'm going to say that it, it was a oh, okay. Coke-fueled David Crosby. Really? Hear me, wow. And hear me out here. because okay. all right. Because Puff the Magic Dragon was actually the name of, of his crack pipe. Right. At the time. <laughs> wow, crack pipe yeah. in 1963. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before crack, first ones. Before, before crack was even invented, David the Crosby good. had his own thing. He had his own thing. He called it Puff the Magic Dragon. Right, and, okay. And he just started singing it randomly on the side of some street, half naked, covered in, in goose liver wow. uh, oil. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and basically, um, at that time, it was banned. So, yeah, that does sound like it was ba- worthy of a ban. Sounds I'm, pretty wild. I don't. I actually don't know this. Uh, if it's not a Coke fuel, David Crosby, I, I think it's. I'm gonna go with Peter, Paul, and Mary. Peter, Paul, and Mary. You'd yeah. be absolutely correct on that one. I didn't write the answer down, but nice. That, is, that nice. is correct. Peter, Paul, and Mary are the ones who did Puff the Magic Dragon. Nice. I, David David Crosby was a he part. He was of, involved though. Yeah, I think, and he was the creator of the crack pipe. Yeah, I yeah. Think it that's was in, Peter, Paul, and Mary. And a coke fueled David Crosby. That was, that was the <laughs> original was involved name in there. The yes, yes. On the original writing credit. Uh, this is kind of a bummer one, but a very important one in the rock and guitar world. Mm. Randy Rhodes, this week in 1982, the guitarist in Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz band, is killed when the plane he's riding in crashes. The small aircraft had been buzzing the Osbourne tour bus that's like flying real low to it. Yeah. But it lost control after the wing clipped the bus. How old was Randy Rhodes when he died? Was it A, 21, B, 23, or C, 25? Oh, man. Randy Rhodes, amazing so, guitar player. If you oh, guys yeah. have never seen a live footage of Randy playing guitar, it yeah. is unbelievable. He truly was a prodigy. Uh, so fucking sad that he yeah. died at this young of an age. Um, because, oh, man. man, his career would have been amazing. He was only on that album, Blizzard of Oz. It was his debut with the band. When was Cliff Burton killed in that bus crash? Right around that, no. Was, Actually, it was like 85. Was it? Oh, okay. Something like that, 85, God, 86. Horrible time frame. Because it wasn't their Metallica's first album. It was the second album. Yeah. It was the Ride the Lightning tour. Yeah. Um, and that was 85. 86 and they were in Europe. Oh man, that was just a horrible couple of years for up and coming artists. You know, I've seen pictures of Randy Rhodes, and maybe it's just because in the 80s everyone looked older than they what did. they were. His so. hair, he had that like coiffed haircut yeah. thing that looked like the big parting in the middle. Oh and, yeah, and it was like all long, and he looked, yeah, he looked like Ozzy. Yeah, so he looked like just like Ozzy, really. If we've got a choice between 21, 23, and 25, I'm gonna go with 25. 25? Yeah. You'd be absolutely correct. Oh, okay. Hey, two for two today. Two for two. Uh, well, yeah. Randy Rose passing away at the age of 25 this week nice. in 1982. Uh, very sad, but uh, worth mentioning. All right, let's uh, move on. A couple more things this week. Um, yeah, did we... Wait, was this last week? That was last week. Okay. Um, here's... here's Okay. 
Weekly WTF this week. Cheese It is offering you spring break in a box experience okay. with your own hot tub and DJ, Charles. All right. Yeah, it's launched its Cheese It Groove spring break in a box sweepstakes. Oh, man. The winner will get to choose one of three experiences for themselves and up to five friends. Uh, this is all exp- uh, inspired by each of Cheese It Groove's flavors. Uh, so here's the deal. So each experience includes a hot tub, a DJ, a gaming simulator experience. I don't know what that means. Okay. And a food station. So, the d- the Zesty Dude Ranch break will include a bull riding game. The Scorchin Island break will include a surf simulator. Okay. And the Peak White Cheddar break will include a snowboarding simulator game. All right. The winner will also receive a year's supply of cheese at Grooves. Fans can enter on Twitter through March 26th. You know, you know, since Cheese It's one of our sponsors, they are. We're not we're not allowed to to say too much about it, but I can tell you that if they make a Cheddar Jack flavor Cheez-Its Groove, I will be all over that Cheddar shit. Jack? Well, Cheddar Jack? you know, oh I actually God. heard that they're collaborating with um, Chicken, Chicken Marrow Nubbins? Chicken Marrow Nubbins on <gasps> that flavor. Oh, my God. I could totally submit. Like, I, I think I've... Oh, my God. I think I've heard of that. They, they basic- have a campaign, actually, where <laughs> Chicken Marrow Nubbins and Cheez-Its are combining their forces, and you can vote on the flavor, a fan flavor. Wow. Creation for Chicken Marrow Nubbins Cheez-It. So it's just like chunks of uh, marrow and at the ends Compacted of chicken wings. Compacted to a cheese it. it co- oh, that's amazing. Yeah, they they crush down the marrow nubbins into a baked cheese it form. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. I I know that the you know you remember how like in in uh, the eighties Bud Light had Spud McKenzie. Oh yeah, the dog. Yeah, yeah. It's for chicken marrow nubbins, it's a lot like that, but it's a hobo, <laughs> like an like an actual. <laughs> he's just a homeless the, man. He's the Spuds McKenzie. Uh, that's an odd odd person Absolutely. to go through or go with for a yeah you know but maybe it's like it's for the people or well he has like one massive black eye oh, okay. so just from the con just the, the barrage just the bum fights constant, constant battling <laughs> the people fighting over his marrow nubbins right yeah okay makes sense yeah um, a lot like gus jiggins <laughs> that's right yeah gus jiggins that's right um, all right, last story of the week, guys. Budweiser going green. Uh, they announced on St. Patrick's Day with plans to pledge renewable energy certificates. So it says they will eventually be completely 100% renewable electricity by 2030. Awesome. Uh, for Budweiser's beer brewing process and facilities, it will be all renewable electricity. But a side point that I wanted to mention was a great local beer company here, uh, Sierra Nevada in Chico, has been solar for over 15 years. Dope. And they were the original ones, and they actually got approached by Budweiser and Coors to get bought out. And that was one of the main reasons that they didn't was that they had their own facility where it was literally like a bare minimum of cost yeah. uh, because it was all solar. Yeah. And that was one of the main reasons they were able to be a, a successful smaller brewery. Yeah. So to see like a big brewery finally catching up with that trend is kind of funny, and it's kind of like, yeah, you know, they've been doing that on the small micro yeah. scale for a while they've been jerking it for a while but like other people have been doing it yeah and it's just funny budweiser finally getting with the times is it does is it um sierra nevada or laguanitas that says on this part of their thing that their thing that it's the still it's like a joke like still argued over like it's a family kind oh, of i think that's lagunitas is it lagunitas yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the one they they sold out they, they uh um they sold out to Coors, I think. Oh, Lagunitas. gotcha. They were one of the ones that were a microbrew that sold out. Sierra Nevada is still 
apparently independently owned. So it's good beer. There you go. Yeah. All right. That's it for us this week, guys. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Rock News Weekly. Check out all the photos from our interviews. All of our links are up on nine different platforms. RockNewsWeekly.com. If you enjoyed our episode, please rate it in the podcast, uh, Apple and Google stores. We do appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.